Let's open our Bibles, please, if you will, to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. We've been bringing you lessons on uh, the Christian walk. The first one we brought was the character of the Christian walk, and we dealt with that quite a bit. And then the consistent Christian walk. And tonight, in this third lesson, it's the Christian is to walk carefully, the carefulness of the Christian walk. And we're going to read chapter 5, beginning with verse 15. We'll read the rest of this chapter, but the whole lesson will carry us over into chapter 6, verse 9. But we won't take time to read all that unless we get that far along in our message. So let's begin in chapter 5, if you will, with verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly. We said that the Christian walk is careful. See then that you walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man... Ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. Let's do go on down and read to verse 9 of chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long upon the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters, according to the flesh, Without, uh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of heart as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. With good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And ye masters, do the same things unto them, forbearing threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, Neither is there respect of persons with him. We'll let that suffice for a reading. In this section, we have the Christian walk 
It's to be a careful walk. It's to walk carefully. The very first verse we read is verse 15 of the fifth chapter. See then that ye walk circumspectly. What is this careful walk? The careful walk is wise and sound. The whole section from verses 15 through 21 so show us it's in wisdom and in sound judgment. To walk circumspectly is to, is to look carefully to where you're going. You know, if you walk carefully, if you're in a rough country and there's uh, rocks and uh, limbs and stuff, you walk around them, you walk carefully. You take every step in a very careful way. And we're to take every step of our Christian life in a very careful way. We're to be wise in our walk. You know, there's a scripture in the book of Psalm 119 that tells us, and you've heard me preach on it before, and it says, Order my steps in thy word. Order my steps in thy word. And let not any iniquity have dominion over me. So a careful walk is to walk carefully as every step we take and to ask God to keep us from letting sin, iniquity, have dominion over us. So this is a careful walk we're talking about tonight. We need to not be ignorant of Satan's devices. We need to be strict about our walk. We're not to go along with the crowd just because it's popular in the world. You know, a lot of people find it easier to go downhill and to go along with the crowd because uh, it's a path of least resistance, isn't it? And uh, someone said, well, if the whole world's going that way, if you can't beat them, what? Join them. Just go along with them. And when you go along with the crowd, uh, you're saying that uh, it's all right to follow a multitude to do evil. It's told us in the, in the book of Deuteronomy, do not follow a multitude to do evil. Jesus gives us a measuring stick as far as this particular thought is concerned. He says, that which is highly esteemed among men, what does he say about it? You know the rest of it? Is an abomination in the sight of God. And we're to walk circumspectly. We're not to be unwise. We're to follow God's word and to not go along with the crowd. It says, redeeming the time. Notice the context. Hold your place open to Ephesians 5. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. That means counting time as precious or buying it back to yourself. We can't turn the clock back, but we can make best use of the present time that we have. This whole present age is an evil Generation, look in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4. Galatians 1, look at what it says here in verse 4. Speaking of Christ who gave Himself for us, listen, that He might deliver us from this present evil world. He called, Paul says, that Jesus died to deliver us from this present evil world. And so this world that we live in is evil. Because there's evil men, and there's sin. Men are lawbreakers. Men care not about uh, anything that is true and righteous and just. And we find a world of people like that, either on a small scale or a large scale. And the Bible tells us to not be unwise as far as this world is concerned. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It says in verse... Uh, 18, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. 
There's a worldly wisdom that is not God's wisdom. And will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? That's what people are living on today and trying to be guided by, is the wisdom of this world. And God says it's foolishness in His sight. Then it says, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So we see that there is a wisdom that is not of God, but there is the wisdom of God too. To be, back in our text, be not unwise, it says, verse 17, 5.17, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. It's to be wise. To be wise is to understand the will of God in your relationship of a careful walk. And he says, furthermore, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. I want you to notice something here. And someone says, Preacher, I think you taught that to me before. I hope you haven't forgot it because I want to give it to you again. I want you to notice. It says... And be not drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And notice in your Bible, look at your Bible. That's not the end of the statement or the sentence. Notice your Bible has a semicolon there. Verse 19 says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's still not the end. Look, it's still another semicolon. That's not the end of it. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's still not the end of it. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God, period. That's the end of it. That's the end of the statement. You know, we believe that uh, in such a thing as, as the English language and as punctuation and as statements, sentences, phrases, and etc. But when God said, be not drunk with wine when there is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, He continued to say, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, He says, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And then He says, giving thanks always and all, for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and then He says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So to be filled with the Spirit is to do what? is first of all, to be joyful, singing praises to God. A Spirit-filled Christian will be joyful. And then what? The next thing. Verse 20, he'll be thankful, giving thanks always for all things. And he's told how to give thanks. And then the Christian, the child of God, will be submissive. Submissiveness. Notice, submitting yourself one to another in the fear of God. And that's before we get to the thought of husbands and wives and their submission and their relationship. It's before that. It's our Christian relationship as far as those who are filled by the, with the Spirit. If you have a Spirit-filled church and Spirit-filled people, you'll find that there's not any grumbling, complaining, or uh, jealousy, or envy, but a harmonious working uh, body for the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe we have that in this church. You know, as a pastor, when I look out, there's sometimes I look out there and there's three men I want to call on to, to uh, lead us in prayer. Three or four, sometimes four or five. And I think, well, you know, I hope that the others do not think I'm neglecting them when I call on someone else. And you know, I've never found anyone that felt that way. If I call on Brother Murray to 
Prey or Brother Mel or Brother Vickers or Brother Nichols, some other brethren to lead us in prayer. I don't find that they have, feel bad about me calling on someone just because I have to figure out someone, don't I? Standing up behind the pulpit, I'll have to either say, Brother Vickers, you lead us in prayer, Brother Bill, Brother Nichols, Brother Mel, Brother Wendell, or whoever. And so, there's not that jealousy when we call upon the uh, ladies of the church to do something. They all cooperate and get together and do it. And the thing about it is, when you have a church that's in harmony and, and spirit-filled, there will not be that envy and jealousy Things going on, complaining and grumbling about what one has or the other doesn't have, and so on and so forth. You'll find the cooperation and love, and the Bible teaches that that's the way it ought to be. I'm thankful. I tell you what, a preacher couldn't be more thankful for a church that has the nature and character of the, this church that, that we have here together. I believe it truly is a church that loves one another and considers one another in everything. And I'm glad it's that kind of a church. And there's no greater blessing that we could ask for as a pastor. So to be joyful, to be thankful, and be submissive if you're filled with the Spirit. And the careful walk is this submissiveness. In the church where members are Spirit-filled, there will be no dissension. There will be no quarreling. There will be no selfishness. There will be no jealousy. And then we come to the husband and wife relationship. Look in verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. We're talking about, even in this sense, submissiveness. Because this relationship is spoken of in this way. Wives, submit yourselves to your, unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. As unto the Lord. It doesn't mean submit to, to ill treatment or to cruelty, or anything that's not of the Lord. It means the husband is to be of the Lord and to act as if he's of the Lord toward his wife. And then a wife won't have any problem with that at all. We find that people nowadays are lawbreakers. They want, and, and truce breakers is spoken of in the Bible. They don't want to keep anything that's, that's uh, according to the laws of the land. The Bible says the powers that be are ordained of God. And there's no power but of God. And he says these powers that be are to be recognized and submitted to. And you and I, whether we like the laws of some things or not, we're to, to go by them. My dad was a law enforcement man here in Rio Dosa before there was ever a village that was incorporated. And he worked out of Lincoln County over at Carrizosa uh, out of the sheriff's office. Someone said to him one day, says Coleman, his name was Coleman George Joyce, said, Coleman, would, would you arrest your brother if he was doing this? He said he would. He'd arrest his own family, a person in his own family, if they were breaking the law. That's how much it meant to him to uphold the law. And nowadays, it's flipped out on every side, isn't it? People disrespect it. And, but, beloved, if, we, if we're going to be that kind of a nation, first thing you know, we're going to have uh, all kinds of things going on and no regard for what is right and just and, and true. And we find that uh, the husband and wife relationship here, notice, it says, uh, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord. For, an, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Now then, the church, Christ in the church is, the, is a is an institution, isn't it? And 
Husband and wife is an institution. In fact, the first institution that was ever established was the home. It was husband and wife before there was ever a church established. And Jesus uh, established the church and he put his blessings upon it. And so he says here, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. He And He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Then it says, Husbands, love your wives. Now look at this. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. Now then, it's not hard for for a woman to realize her place as a wife if she has the kind of husband that will love her and lay down his life. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. And that's the way husbands are to be. So we're talking about this relationship. Wives are to submit to husbands. Husbands are to love their wives. Wives are to submit to their husband only as unto the Lord. Notice that statement we read, as unto the Lord. Even as the Lord, the church, husbands are to love their wives. And then we come in chapter 6 to the parent and child relationship. Look in chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's not only the right thing to do, it's a commandment to do. It's commanded to do this. Notice in verse 2, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. God commanded us as children to obey our parents. The commandment says to obey. And God's word says it's the first commandment with promise. Remember, even when it was given, it says that thy days may be long upon the earth, which the Lord thy God giveth thee. It's the first commandment with promise. It gave a promise to those that obey their parents. Children are to be in obedience. We find the scripture says, look in Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2. I want you to notice this. Let's read verse 1 and 2. It says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now look, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, instead of their wives, lovers of their own selves. And they'll be covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers. Look, disobedient to parents. Disobedience to parents. Unthankful, unholy. That's the characteristics of our day and age in which we live, isn't it? Selfishness, lovers of their own selves. Covetous. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. You find in many homes today, the children, they're the ones that rule the house. I mean, whatever they cry about and scream about and get down on the floor and kick their heels or butt their head against the wall, that's what they get. Please let me have this. If you don't, I'm going to... Well, just go ahead and do it. When you get tired of it, we'll get up from the floor and quit kicking And then do what I told you to do. You don't have that kind of guidance today. And beloved, if we don't get that kind of guidance in our homes and and, uh, correction and discipline, we're heading for worse things than we know now. Because children were meant to obey parents. That's what God says. We're to obey Christ. And when you get all of these things out of order and no respect for them, that's when you have chaos that rules. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedience to parents. And look at the next thing. Unthankful. That's ingratitude. We'll get into Ephesians chapter 5, chapter 6 rather. And we're talking about the careful walk is wise and sound. It's circumspectly. 
The careful walk is a submissiveness as far as husband and wife relationship and parent and child. And we're in chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. Let's go on down with it. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and, and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. You know what happened if a person in the Old Testament under the law would curse father or mother? He shall surely be stoned or put to death. Carry the death penalty. You say, well, we're not under the law. Thank God we're not. You'd have more graves than you'd have places to bury. Because we find that, that uh, this is a lawless and disrespectful generation. You say, preacher, you're painting a dark picture. I can't help it. It's there. And when you look out there, you're going to see it. Why shouldn't I paint it like it is? If you paint a tree, you paint a tree. If you paint grass, you paint grass. If you paint the devil, you, you paint him, don't you? If you paint sin, let's put it like it, the Bible tells us that it is. So, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. That means to honor them. That it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Now look, here comes the fathers. The parent-child relationship. Now then, uh, before we leave that, let me tell you this. That Jesus, Jesus obeyed in this respect. Even though he was the son of God, and they went up, they found him in the temple after that Passover a season, you know, and talking with the doctors and uh, communing with them and and talking with them. And then the, on the way back, when they finally found Jesus, Joseph and Mary found Him in the temple. He said, Wished you not that I must be out of my father, about my Father's business. But on the way back, the Bible says He went down and was subject unto them. He was subject unto them. Even though He was the Son of God. Look back in Luke's Gospel. Luke, Mark, Luke, chapter 2. Look in Luke chapter 2. Let's read verse 49. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wish ye not that I must be about my Father's business? This was the Heavenly Father's business. And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So he had a natural aspect of growing up and attaining wisdom and knowledge. But he had a divine uh, insight into spiritual things. And he knew there when he was in the temple that he was about his heavenly father's business. And yet, nevertheless, he went down to Nazareth and was what? Subject unto them. He realized that the law had said, Honor thy father and thy mother. And even though Joseph was not his uh, real father in the sense of word, word, he was a father to him. We call him the one that, under whose care he was because Jesus was born as no other person was ever born. Fathered by the Holy Spirit. And we believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. We believe he was born of a woman, but he was fathered by God himself, the Spirit of God. The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing that shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So as far as this parent-child relationship, we find that Jesus was subject unto Joseph and Mary. One more point on the on the careful walk, and that is the servant and master relationship. Look at chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. Chapter 6, verse 5 through 9 now. Notice what it says here. 
Well, let's read verse 4 just to complete that children-parent relationship. Ye fathers, and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's the responsibility of parents to bring their children upright. It's not only the responsibility of children to obey parents, but the parents are to bring them upright in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The Bible says in the Old Testament in Proverbs, bring up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. Instill in their little minds and hearts when they're children, when they're small, the things of God and the Word of God. All right, let's get to the last point of this subject of, uh, of uh, a careful walk in obedience here and submission. It says in verse 5, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. Look at this. With fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart. As unto Christ. So when they were serving their masters, they were doing this as unto the Lord, as unto Christ. Servants and masters. Let's put it employee and employer. Labor and management. In Paul's day, servants in the household and also there were in the field for various reasons. Some were indebted and they had to pay off their debts. Some were, some were hired to be servants. Is we find even in this day and hour, the people that can afford it will hire a housekeeper or uh, someone to take care of someone in the family, a nurse, or someone to do the work in the yard because they're unable to do it. It's no new thing and it's not out of existence. In those days it may be somewhat different. We're not talking about slavery as in the days of slavery in our nation. We're talking about servants that for one reason or other had masters. That they were to serve according to servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling in singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers. Look, eye service. That means when the, when the boss is there, you're going to work. And when he's gone, you're going to play. You're not going to work. Time to take off. As sure as they go out the door. That's the way some people look at it. But you're not to be that way. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. You ought to work just as hard when the boss is not there as when he is there. And if you have, and some people can work better when he is not there. And when he comes back and finds everything is going real good, he doesn't worry about it because he knows you're taking care of business. And that's, that's good because that's what you're supposed to do. With goodwill... Doing service as to the Lord. Notice how many times it says as to the Lord or as to Christ. And not to men. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. So that's for all of us to serve in the particular way that we're called upon to serve. And then it says, and ye masters, look, and ye masters do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven. See, there's always someone higher than you are. Neither is their respective person with him. Someone says, well, you know, I want to talk to the, to the, to the uh, one in charge. The guy, you go to the guy in charge and he says, well, you know, he says, I don't have the authority to do this. You'll have to talk to someone else. You, go, you have to go up the scale, don't you? And when we go to all the, the avenues of chain of command as far as men are concerned, there's still one above that. What does he say to the masters? He says, And ye masters do the same things in them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven. See, God's above all and over all, isn't he? 
So if men do not have to answer to men upon this earth, there's going to be a day when they'll have to answer to God. There's always the final authority to look to. And so when you come to the place that you find that uh, some fellow claims he's at the top of the chain of command, you'll find that he's really not. Because God has a place in it. All right, our time is just about gone. But if we could get the attitude that you find in the Old Testament. you remember when Boaz came to his workers in the field? And in the book of Ruth, he said, The Lord be with you. And they answered and said, The Lord bless thee. When you can get labor and management to be like that, it'll be a blissful day, will it not? When the, when the man that owns the fields and is a big farmer, he comes out and says to all those out there working, The Lord be with you. God be with you. And then they answer back and say, The Lord bless thee. You have a harmonious, loving, caring, respectful situation. All right? We're servants of God. And God's saying to us, The Lord, God, I'm with you. The Lord be with you. And we should be saying, The Lord bless thee. Bless God for His goodness toward the children of men. And you and I, if we can enter in that situation, we'll be uh, most well off. The next lesson we'll have, Wednesday night, is the Christian is to walk courageously.